Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 120. I'm Connor Murphy, here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing okay. You know, it's been raining, so we finally got some forest fire relief. So. Oh, excellent. I think everybody's been getting rain. We had rain up until Sunday, but just think about um, Florence. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. One of my kids lives out there. So oh. I am holding my breath, hoping she does not decide to stall out over the Carolinas and flood the place like Harvey did in Texas. Yeah, it, it. I saw some pictures this morning, and it looks fairly frightening, that's for sure. You know, you have to be careful when it rains for a lot of different reasons. But I have a great quick little story. Okay. Um, <laughs> Saturday night, it's kind of a ritual around here to take Oliver Doodle out for his last potty episode before... You know, he goes into his crate for the night. Right. So it's like, whoever's here walks outside yeah, with him while he does his thing. I know it's crazy. I don't even know how it got started. Well, it was a little bit wet. So I come in, right? right. And I have on like, you know, flip-flop kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> and I walk him out in the entryway, which has the tile on it, and I slip. Oh, no. <gasps> And I mean, I go head first into this antique secretary. Oh, no. That's full of stuff that my mom collected from Japan. Oh, lovely. And I'm told the house shook. Oh, no. Oh, and on both knees, I broke every nail. I had ever bruise on my arm. And oh, my no. knees look like, have you seen this? People that weigh a whole lot. You know how those giant knees? My knees are like three times their slots. Oh, no. But I didn't break anything, and I have no idea <laughs> wow. how. So wow. uh, be careful when it rains. Yeah, no kidding. Especially if you haven't had rain for a while, the oils in the pavement seem to come to the surface. So. I think that's exactly what happened. And then we, because the dog will chew things, we took up the rugs by the door that you kind of wipe your feet on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Because he likes to carry them around. So, uh, needless to say, the the mats by the doors are back. Uh, yeah, no doubt. It's, <laughs> uh, oh, could have been worse, I guess. Yeah, I could have broken something. I don't, yeah. I don't know how I didn't. So oh. I, I'm very thankful. But okay. it was it was pretty funny in a sort of <laughs> sadistic way. <laughs> okay, so, what do we got today? Well, speaking of sadistic, we're about to get there for sure. You know, today is. I always say that September 11th is the saddest day of the year. Right. Because there are very few people in the United States that do not feel a sort of sadness. Yeah, for sure. On 9-11, and they will until they're gone. Right. I mean, it just gives me chills. It brings, there is not a September 11th that I don't shed a tear, uh, remembering 
what it was like. Yeah, it you know, the six degrees of separation, pretty much everybody knew somebody that had died in, in that attack. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they're, the families that are directly affected by deaths, and, and people are still dying, you know, from the cancers. Yeah. And lung disease that um, they received because they... They were breathing the air while they were trying to rescue people, go through the rubble. I mean, lots of people with lots of different jobs, lots of heroes. Yeah. You know, and I certainly, what we're going to talk about today, I don't want to take anything away from that. Right. But I want to talk about the fact that 9-11 changed things for the nation. I don't think it's just the nation. It changed things in Canada, too. The whole world changed when that happened. Yeah, yeah, and I I presume that it did. Um, And it changed things on so many levels. Um, Levels um, of paperwork, rules, laws um, have affected all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree there. It has me thinking, okay, Supposedly, we are unique. It's a unique time. We are a unique nation. Canada's the same. A unique time and a unique nation. You know, we are the most successful nations in the history of time. Yeah. At least we believe, you know. If we find Atlantis, we may find differently. (laughs) But until we find Atlantis, we're pretty remarkable. Yeah. We have uh, risen. Look what we've built in a hundred years. It's amazing. Oh my gosh! Just in our lifetimes. I yeah. mean, I mean, when we were kids, there were no microwaves. Exactly. I mean, we've gone from microwaves that were, you know, giants. <laughs> yeah. Down to little tiny ones, and just think of what we've went from black and white TVs. Yeah, I, re- TVs, I remember color TV coming out. VCR, DVD, CD, and I don't know what's the latest. I use all the digital stuff. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even hardly use that. But Blu-ray, there's Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of those things have happened. Yeah, for sure. Not to mention computers and uh, cell phones. Some of them are annoying. So, <laughs> we are indeed unique. For sure. Okay. But what makes us unique? You know, at one time, it was the things we agreed upon made us unique. Lately, it seems like our differences. And I'm just saying that can't be. We cannot be unique because of our differences. Right after 9-1-1, we had a common enemy. Right. Much like the movie Independence Day. It yeah. drew us all together. Right. We have gotten away from that. Yeah. And we are at each other's proverbial throats. Yeah, it, it and it goes further than race. It goes into male versus female, religion versus religion, race versus race, belief versus belief. Lots of conflict these days. And Yeah, almost everything is a conflict. Yeah, and it seems like it, it's always the Democrats that seem to be finger-pointing at, at the other groups or trying to stir up for the groups to argue Oh, yeah. Do you know what the latest thing they're doing in Missouri is? Um, Trump is supposed to be here in Cape Girardeau in a couple of days Okay. to, I guess, campaign for Josh Hawley. 
who will be going against Claire McCaskill in November. Anyway, so you can get free tickets. You know, they'll send preferably Republicans or people on their mailing list um, a text or an email saying, you know, claim your ticket. And I don't know. You probably have to give some sort of evidence about who you are because these things need to be somewhat secure. Right. The Democrats are requesting all the tickets so that they cannot show and he will have an empty auditorium. You now, gotta you know be kidding. They're wow. scared to death of him. Wow. That's how you act when you are afraid you can't beat somebody. Yeah, you gotta be underhanded and cheat the system. Wow. Well, and who came out of his D.C. hole the other day? For Obama. Yeah. The campaign. I mean, former presidents do not do that. Yeah, he's taken a lot of credit, hasn't he, of of the way things are. Yeah, he's taken all the credit trying to steal that away from everything Trump has done. I I think it looked absolutely pathetic to be looking in. It looked very desperate because, you know, as the DOJ, they, they look closer at their own and the FBI and you have this probe, grand jury probe opening up into McCabe. You've got the two lovers looking more and more like they're going to have to be looked at by a grand jury. I mean, clearly, it looks like to me they crossed the line and to others. Yeah. So Here in Canada, I've seen a lot of posts um, talking about uh, Uranium One and the real Russian collusion. So, And those, okay. those aren't real big Trump supporters that are posting that. These are regular people that are finally, finally cluing in to what exactly, exactly happened. Well, that's so. why I think he's running scared. And yeah. a lot of this might be to detract from those issues. Yeah, oh, for Not sure. To, to, to mention that the Affordable Care Act has worked to hell in a handbasket. Even his own people don't want to save it. They're now saying they just want Medicare for everybody. Right. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit more later, but there may not be a choice left. Ooh. So we need to keep that in mind. You know, prior to 911, people in the middle of the country were insulated from many of the policy changes that took place in D.C. It didn't really affect people that much here in the middle of the country. You know, we were, we were, like I said, very insulated. Right. Since 911, things are different. The society became more global very quickly. Huh. But also, as a nation, things that normally affected people in big cities began to affect people in the middle of the country and in, in smaller areas. Uh, for example, the the banking laws that took hold right after nine one one. You know, before that, you kind of banked with your local person, and you know they didn't ask for all that stuff. They knew you, they knew where you were from, and you didn't really have to adhere to laws. I'm sure in big cities they had a lot more red tape, and and people were used to that. You know, when you jumped on a plane in some place like Springfield, you know, you waved at the guy and got on the plane. Right. Yeah. You know, I know that, you know, when you get on the plane in New York, you've always been checked. Yeah. Because of that, although presidential elections, of course, are important, it really didn't matter to us that much if you had a Clinton or a Bush in the office. Things didn't really change that much. 
Hmm. Well, I, I know that here in Canada, things changed a lot after that. I mean, we were used to having our freedom and that was all stripped away immediately. Oh yeah, we lost a lot of freedom. All you have to do is, is you know, go to the airport and fly somewhere to figure that out. Absolutely. And as, I don't know if you've noticed this in Canada, but you live in a smaller, small town kind of community. Yeah. But as they tighten up security and the police in the larger cities, a lot of the crime and gangs moved out and moved into city like cities like ours. For example, when on September 11th, 2001, we did not have a heroin problem. <laughs> right. A little bit of a methamphetamine problem because somebody around here developed the formula. That's why in a lot of places they call it 417. That's huh. our area code. Ah, and that's okay. apparently as code for methamphetamine. Whoa. But we didn't have that. So as the cities tightened up looking for terrorists, they pushed some of that crime and some of those people into the middle of the country. Right. And uh, there's lots of statistics that will show that actually the larger cities are now safer. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, gonna... I, I'm actually, we're seeing that here too. Yeah. Like um, some and of that's the because sm- they tightened up. Yeah, some of the smaller cities are actually worse when it comes to crime than some of the bigger cities. Absolutely. And um, I don't know. I think sort of before things started affecting us so much, it was sort of politics were kind of like watching Falcon Crest or Dallas. It was very interesting, but it really didn't affect our lives. In fact, you would hear people say, well, it really didn't affect my life, but it's kind of interesting. Right. But today, things are different. When the towers collapsed, the world changed. Yeah, definitely. You know, we had a common enemy. Now, our enemy is one another. Yeah, pretty much. And there, there's, there's a coldness about, you know, studies show, they've actually done studies on this, and this is particularly true in, in coastal areas, if there is um, someone in trouble, say a dog or a baby, people are more likely to save the dog than the human baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. If you, if you run a TV show, or I mean a, a, a news flash about a dog being abused, it gets a much greater reaction than that of an abused child. Yeah, pretty much. And that's just wrong. Yeah, I agree. Never thought of that before though, but I, it's, it's exactly what we see here it's in that. Canada too. Yeah. So at one time, I don't think anybody really cared who was sitting out in the middle of the country. Yeah. I don't think until the Trump movement, anyone cared. I mean, everybody in the middle of the country was one thing, one vote, if you could get them out to the polls. Right. So we began to care with the Trump movement after the Obama years, and I would say particularly when they started messing with our health care, we all of a sudden cared. We did not necessarily want that establishment candidate that was ruled by the deep state. Absolutely not. You know, they were sent, we knew, we, we knew all along, we're not stupid, that they would meet on the East Coast, have dinner parties and decide who the deep state and the establishment was gonna back. You know, it might be Mitt Romney, it might be John McCain, George Bush, you know, it. Bill Clinton 
it, it, it didn't really have to be one party. As a matter of fact, I remember the night that Obama won the first his first term. Right. I remember John McCain was giving his concession speech, or was about to, when somebody asked him a question, and he said it was his time. Almost as if he had been told that by the establishment, the deep state. It came across, it really got my attention. Almost as much as the time that Papa Bush slipped and uh, started talking about One World Order and then caught himself in an interview. And you know, I've never seen anybody pull that out of the archives. Huh. Wow. Very interesting. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, and it's very well hidden because so many people in the media have always been tied to that deep state or establishment. I don't know really where the establishment ends and the deep state begins. True. And probably the status quo would have went on for much longer had you not messed with health insurance. Now, that's when people, that gets, that gets their attention. Yeah. Number one, it is more than 20% of the United States GDP. Wow. I mean, if you don't forget, if you don't give a damn about the people, that's a big chunk of the GDP. And they say by 2030, it's probably going to be about 30%. Huh. Unreal. So Obama messed with that. And and we all remember Nancy Pelosi standing up and saying, well, you got to pass it to know what's in the bill. Now, health insurance and health care oftentimes keeps us caring because it keeps us alive. Yeah. So when Obamacare passed, we did get to see what was in the bill, but not until it was passed. How does that work? I mean, that sounds so wrong. I mean, it sounds like something I could not have told my mother. That's shady as hell. It is shady as hell. And to outright say it is just nuts when you are messing with something so important. So we we had a system, and it wasn't great. I, I, I agree, it wasn't great. But it wasn't bad either, okay? Yeah. And because of the nature of the Affordable Care Act slash Obamacare, they tore down the whole old system, meaning that the insurance companies because things had changed, could no longer function like they did before, which was an open market. Now, you couldn't, you still couldn't sell across state lines, but each state regulated who could sell and what products they could sell within their state. Okay. Okay? And it, for the most part, it worked. We still wanted... We still wanted open borders on insurance. We would like to have open borders on um, property insurance too, but you know that's another story for another day. Huh. So where does that leave us now? Obamacare didn't work. It flat didn't work. It didn't insure the amount of people. The cost for people like that aren't on Medicaid or Medicare went sky high. Hmm. And it is basically the unaffordable act. <laughs> the unaffordable uh, act. More people in their 20s are uninsured than ever before. Well, that's a scary thought. It is absolutely a serious thought. Because they're all one catastrophic event away from financial ruin. Yeah. And, they're 20. and we know that not a lot of 20-year-olds 
get cancer or have accidents, but it does happen. Yeah, for sure. And how sad is that to think that you could be ruined for the rest of your life? Wow. That is sad. That's a scary thing. Something we don't have to worry about in Canada. I know. And we, although socialized medicine scares me, and I know that most Canadians say it works very well, and I believe them. Uh, I think it's like opening up a can of worms in the United States because I think if we get socialized medicine, next thing you know, we're living in, uh, I don't know, some sort of Stalin society or Marxist society. Not like that at all. Not like that at all. Well, yeah, but that's because you guys haven't taken it to that level. Look at our politics. Yeah, that's true. You have to admit you'd be a little more afraid of it. I, 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 I don't know. It seems like you guys... In Canada, yes, you have different parties, you have different points of view, but they seem to be closer than ours are now. They seem to be like ours used to be. Not that far apart. You know, a Republican and a Democrat, you know, not much difference. I mean, they were petty differences. Right. Okay? Now, we could have had this situation well on its way to being fixed. Yeah. It passed the Congress. In the Senate, there was one dissension vote, and it, it was it, it was a vindictive vote, and that was John McCain. And I don't blame John McCain. I don't blame his daughter. I would be thoroughly mad about things that Trump said during the 2016 campaign. Hmm. I would probably never forgive him. Right. But the health care vote really wasn't about Trump. It's about the people. It was. It was about the people. You know, it was about babies that are born sick, old people that are sick, people with cancer, people in accidents, everyone. Not to mention, like I said, our GDP. Right. You know, it's not such a good idea to mess with 20% of the GDP. So, so what's happening now? Now, for example, I carry, because I do this, I carry a individual policy. That means that I'm, I'm not part of a group. Okay. I've had this individual policy for some five years now, and it keeps going up in price. And I probably absolutely would have to clench my teeth for it to go up more than it did last year. It went up 30% last year. What? Oh, my okay. God. So it's very expensive. Not to mention that the deductible is going to show. Before I can use my insurance this year... In 2018, I had to spend $14,500 before they paid a claim. Okay, that includes my my premiums and my deductible. That sounds more. I'm I'm by far not the worst person, so I don't want anyone to, you know, write me a note and go, "Oh my gosh, you're not worse." No, there are people people particularly in Arizona. John McCain's own place, his own state, that are worse. They had much higher premiums than we did here in Missouri. Unreal. Well, that that sounds more like extortion to me as a Canadian. Oh, absolutely. It is like extortion. Wow. Now, John McCain was a war hero. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. But when he went and he walked up to the podium in the Senate that day and put his thumbs down. At that point, he put his thumbs down to Americans 
that needed health insurance. And every American needs health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody does. Now, at that point, he, he had already been diagnosed with a brain tumor. His daughter was, at that point, Megan, was working for Fox News. That was before she went to The View. And she made a comment at that point that um, that was when crazy, uh, crazy, crazy Hillary. <laughs> that kind of slipped out. Remember when Hillary was running around going, what happened when she yeah. first started doing that? And she really sounded crazy. You know, she's the Woods thing, all the Chardonnay. You know, that she said some things that weren't really becoming to a presidential type person. Right. <laughs> okay. Megan said, doesn't her family care about her? Why doesn't Bill or Chelsea care enough to get her out from under, from in front of cameras and microphones saying this stuff? And I thought right then, you know how we sometimes project things? <laughs> onto others, yeah. Yeah, that we're really feeling. And I really felt like she might be thinking about things her father was doing. Uh, yeah. And, and and like I said, may he rest in peace. I also know that, you know, I had a dad that was dying for quite a while from ALS. And let me tell you, the minute you're losing your parents, I don't care how old you are, you know, I had a great dad too. He wasn't a POW or anything, but he was a great dad to me. Right. You know, um, but you kind of lose perspective. In fact, you don't really gain back the perspective till a long time after they die because it's traumatic. You know, you feel like an orphan. Yeah. You know? So I kind of wish he had not been striking out to Trump at her father's funeral. I, I wish she had not gone on with the vindictive rhetoric. Yeah, it yeah. was it was very Poor taste. Yeah, and you know, I, the look on her mother's face told me this was not something her mother wanted. Yeah, it and, was. It was and, rather and disgusting. It was really her mother in this relationship she had with her father, and I'm not calling it anything disgusting. I always just felt Cindy McCain, the mother, was kind of pushed to the side, and the other six kids. Does anybody know that he had six more kids? No, I had no idea. Yeah, I think a lot of people have no idea. Mm. But John McCain hurt us that day. Now, for the most part, everybody had the insurance in place. The rules were made last year. That thumbs down has not yet affected anyone. But the phone calls are coming in. Oh? I received two phone calls saying, I'm sorry. They're, the company you've been with is not going to sell individual policies anymore. And last year, they were the only ones that were going to sell it in your area. Wow, you got to be kidding. So you guys don't even have insurance available? Exactly. Come January, at, as of this moment, we have nothing available. Now, everybody's going to be getting these phone calls in lots of different places. Huh. The other phone call they're going to get, or the other letter they're going to get, is going to be that their insurance is going to go up again. <laughs> of course. Most of them are going to be more than 30% again. Wow. The deductibles are going to go higher. Mm. Now, what we need right this minute before these midterm elections is we need for them to go back to the table and vote on this again. 
Well, something definitely needs to happen. May he rest in peace. But he is now, his services are over the week-long hoopla that was really designed to say, Trump, I wasn't even president, and I'll have a better funeral than you. It's over, okay? <laughs> That's done, yeah. okay? I thought it was tacky, but it's done. Yeah, it was It was pretty tacky. I agree there. Okay, uh, but we have to go back to the table. Yeah, I Vote on that, And we're going to continue this conversation on Friday. Okay. Okay. Um, wow, that because is... Because it is so important, and every time we talk about insurance, our, our listeners really do care, because it affects them. It Everybody. Affects everybody. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I had no idea this was, was occurring. That's... Yeah. Uh, wow, so, you, you need to move to Canada. Yeah, I do. You're right. <laughs> but the bad part about that is you would have to accept Trudeau as your prime minister. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, that's good. that's much worse than you know having to accept Hillary. I think. Well, I kind of wish they would just go back to the table and just open up the free market so that insurance could be sold across the borders. Well, but, how come this hasn't happened yet? Like, does anybody realize this is happening yet? Um, I think that they're getting a little too hung up on immigration. I love the fact. I think we need immigration. But this is time sensitive. Yeah. Immigration is not that time sensitive. And if we lose the house and they start talking impeachment, they'll just let people suffer. So that's why I said there's a lot more to come wow. um, on this subject. But I, I, it's hard for me to imagine a more important subject for us to talk about. Well, I definitely agree right there. Yep. But we don't always agree. But life's a journey and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at hostpapa.com. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com for premium unlimited web hosting with the highest rated reviews at the lowest prices.